Hello, hello. Welcome to Thrive Alive. I am your host, Nurse Jasmine, and today we will be talking about Black representation in the healthcare field, or lack thereof, and the effects it has on Black men's health. Today we will be joined by Dr. Aaron Franklin. Hi, Dr. Franklin. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, Dr. Aaron Franklin is a doctor of nursing practice and a senior program manager in HR at Rush University Medical Center. As a New Orleans native and present Chicago resident, Dr. Franklin is currently adjunct faculty in Rush University's College of Nursing and is the faculty advisor for the men in nursing group. In 2022, Dr. Franklin was inducted into the board of directors of the American Association for Men in Nursing and he currently serves as a member of the Diversity Leadership Council for the Rush System of Health. Ultimately, Dr. Franklin has a passion for removing cultural barriers to create careers in healthcare. Again, Dr. Franklin, so happy to have you, um, you especially as a fellow nurse. Yes, yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, this is gonna be a great conversation. Um, I'm just going to jump right in and ask you the first question. Um, we want to get to know you a little bit better. So first question is, why did you enter the nursing field? Yeah, that's the, the, the infamous question. <laughs> um, I always, um, when, when, I, when I'm asked that question, I always think back because I actually wanted to be a nurse since my youth. I was in the single digits. Uh, my dad, and I think in a lot of folks who probably agree that in the black community, like it's we have this this want and urge to please our dads mm. and so i remember his response to that like he was almost disappointed like why would you want to be a nurse and this is in the 90s mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why would you want to be a nurse like you know men men aren't nurses and i remember feeling like wow that okay well maybe that's not the best position mm -hmm. so i changed my aspiration to want to become a doctor um fast forward my like literally my family's been calling me dr franklin since i was a child and That's so cool. um, I remember my mom put me in classes and courses catered towards people wanting to go into healthcare in high school. I've been mm -hmm. taking classes, uh, started volunteering when I was 15, got my CNA my 12th grade year. Cool. And it honestly wasn't until I started working at the bedside with nurses that that came back where I'm like, hey, I actually want to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. I started pre-med in college. And I think after my I think it was after my first year, I was like, I'm changing my major to nursing because that, that feels like where my heart is. It feels right. And so that was the initial drive that got me into wanting to be a nurse. And then the reminder of that, I really want to be a nurse mm -hmm. to help people. And that's always been my my um, the start of why I want to be a nurse. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, that's very interesting uh, that you said how black fathers have this sort of uh, influence right. on us, especially being a, a male. Right. I mean, my dad has an influence on me, but in a different, in a different light. Right. Um, so kudos to you yeah. for, you know, standing up for yourself and saying, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to do it. You yeah, know? it. It just felt right. It's yeah. kind of one of those things. And I think, you know, as we get older, we tend to listen to that that voice that's mm -hmm. telling us to do something. Mm -hmm. Then I was like in my teens and I was like, really want to do this I'm probably gonna you know I felt like I would would not make him happy about mm -hmm. it but it was something that I really want to do but um, of course years has passed I've graduated my dad's super supportive of me being a nurse um, you know even getting a degree is was like 
goals right, for our family. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, so that was something that like back then, and I know that a lot of folks experience that now where like in the family, maybe it's not seen or perceived well to be mm -hmm. a nurse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And you actually did become a doctor. I became a doctor. Let's just put that, yeah, let's just put look, that on the I table said, During my, uh, my DMP graduation, my, my, my mom and dad had it. Um, we had, it was actually in New Orleans because I graduated from Rush, but we're, we're in the pandemic. So right. we actually made a whole graduation suite for my family to come That's in. So cool. Had a podium and everything. And I oh remember telling them, I'm like, y'all, I'm a doctor. Right, and, you know, right. So it was cool. <laughs> To even, you know, to have that feeling about, like, the experience with my dad and then, like, to come back and, like, I'm Dr. Franklin, dad. Yes. What you got? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I'm going to go to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, what was your experience with black healthcare professionals before and after entering the field? Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Um, when I first entered the field, and I mentioned I started like super early. Mm -hmm. uh, you were volunteering. 15, yeah, right? I was 15 mm -hmm. when I first started volunteering. I was probably like 13, 14 when I started first taking classes. But I remember going into the hospital and not seeing people that looked like me in like professional roles, mm -hmm. like physicians, nurses. We assumed a lot of the you know, CNA roles. Like I had other CNAs who mm -hmm. were black, um, housekeeping. Um, Maybe food the services. Yep, yep. Those were where we were, and I think early on, I already knew that. Wow, this is I'm kind of getting into uncharted territory. Mm. Um, after entering nursing, I actually started my career at Rush as a as a registered nurse, and so okay. I've been here almost ten years. So okay. that's why I've, this has been my whole entire nursing career. And a uh, super important part of that story is that uh, Dr. Fred Brown, he was the hiring manager on the orthopedic unit. And I mean, for somebody like me, I'm coming to a big city, I don't know nothing about Chicago. Right, I'm interviewing, a huge hospital. Yeah. yeah, and I'm interviewing with this man who I can identify with. He wasn't militant, he was like, he's like, you said, I feel like I'm silly and goofy. I would mm -hmm. say I'm, you know, so I felt like that's who he was. And so I'm like, okay, he has his, he has his DNP and systems leadership. He's a unit director, he's not like, you know, stuck up like mm -hmm. a lot of the leaders that I've seen in my, in my, you know, in my earlier uh, parts of uh, nursing. But, um, and honestly that, that exposure became everything for me. It was kind of like, I got you brother. Mm -hmm. Like I got you. Uh, five to seven years later, five years later, I became a unit director. Seven years later, I finished with my DMP. And I always say to him, like, you know, like this, you know, you helped me realize this, that that's something that I can, uh, you know, become. And yeah. honestly, that's where my involvement with men in nursing kind of stemmed from was getting that exposure and like having a goal to try to expose other folks to mm -hmm. men working in nursing. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of men in nursing, yeah. um, this group that you pretty much created, right? Here yeah. So it, I would say I revitalized the group. Okay. We have a long history of wanting to do things for men in nursing. Um, I'm not sure if there was like an organization tie, but I know that the instructors were wanting to do stuff for men in nursing. Luther Chrisman, he's one of the first um, college of nursing male dean, I think back in like 1972. Okay. So he, it was a lot of like trying to get more men into nursing. Um, when I started my DNP program, I created a men in nursing group with, in alignment with the chapter of American Association for Men in Nursing. And um, I had another group, which you mentioned the video, um, 
there were there weren't many men in the program, but the three two out of three of the individuals opted to be a part of a mentorship with me. Okay. Um, and so that group on that video, two of them, the two of them are in that video alongside other folks who have like come and joined us. And that's more of like it's part of men and nursing, but it's like our affinity group because some of most of well most of the people in the video are practicing nurses now. So. We started in the college and most of them were students or they may have been somebody I hired when I worked as a unit director. So it was it's been cool to kind of see how the how much publicity that has gotten. Yeah. yeah. And what's even like really cool to me, you talked about your experience with Dr. Brown. Right. And now you are the Dr. Brown yeah. for these guys. Yes. And you you you've watched them become nurses from right. students. Right. Like that's just it's that's it's so cool. cool. That's I'm getting so chills. Cool. <laughs> honestly, it's it's something that you never think that you can create something or do something, but it's kind of one of those things where like somebody got to do it. Right, right, right. So right. it's cool watching them. You know, you know, stress over their tests, and I'm like, yeah. look, that's that's normal. It's gonna be mm -hmm. okay. You're gonna. And I was like, now y'all are practicing nurses. Remember y'all were right. y'all were students, and so I think it's cool for them to see themselves, and you know which is like see themselves in me like mm -hmm. I saw myself in Dr. Brown. And I think that has been one of my biggest like missions now. I'm like, I need to, I'm not a big social media buff type person, but I need to get out there. People need to be able to identify with me and see that, look, you can be a nurse too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Speaking of men in nursing and mm -hmm. social media, um, we want to play your viral TikTok video. Let's go. So take a look. Did you know that out of 4.2 million nurses in the U.S., black nurses make up 6%, men 9.4%, and black men are statistically unrepresented? By having more black men in nursing, we can improve trust in healthcare for black male patients. This can reduce their mortality gap compared to white male patients by 19%. We need more diversity in healthcare. Our nurses at Rush have answered their call. All right. So um, next question. What is your current experience with black representation in the medical field, specifically doctor patient relationships? Yeah. So I, I don't have specific stats on that because that's that's a, that's something I probably have to go into, like, you know, getting that information from the leaders in those areas. But I think compared to what I've seen in the past, like I mentioned I didn't see many black healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. um, I do see a lot more folks starting to come through the pipelines, more specifically in like the schools. So mm. we are academic medical center at Rush. And so I'm, I'm seeing a lot more black um, medical students and mm -hmm. black nursing students. And that's exciting mm -hmm. for me because it's, it's making me think about like, you know, long term, we, we, we definitely are going to have some change with uh, providers. Um, now, I think just like I'm sure, depending on your location or where you are in cities or the population that exists and if what type of organization it is, I've, it, I, guess, I guess that also depends on that. Mm -hmm. But I would say that my experience now has been, I've been seeing a lot more people coming through the pipeline and, and, and interested in the profession. So I think that is cool to kind of get them into the, into the workforce. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. You, you didn't see people like you right. 
Um, you didn't see the table. You created the table. Yeah. You telling the students, pull up, pull up a chair. Pull a seat. Yeah. yeah, pull up a seat. Let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Let's and I'm and this. I'm all about too like being my authentic self. And it and it took a while. And mm -hmm. that's why I always tell like you know. A lot of folks think they have everything in the beginning or, you know, they think they have everything. But like authenticity is like, you know, I want to go into any environment and I want to feel like myself. So when I'm talking to these students, I'm telling them that I did not feel comfortable, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because right, right, right. You know, I think when they start to go through those experiences, they feel like maybe I'm the only one. Maybe it's not for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's super important to to share. And I think that's also part of my mission to be that that voice and that anchor for those individuals. I'm going to kind of veer off a little bit okay. since you talked about being your authentic self. Yeah. You talked about um, before coming up, working in the healthcare field mm. and not being able to wear your hair a certain way, yeah. have your ears pierced or show tattoos. I feel like, I mean, it was kind of the same for me. And I feel like from the time I finished nursing school to the time I was working on the floor, that had already changed. Oh, okay. Like even with like a uh, hair color and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm just curious to know what your personal experience yeah. has been. Um, so I went, <laughs> I went to school back in Texas for my bachelor's and it was like, it was very strict. I always refer to nursing school as like boot camp. Mm -hmm. I had some of the best experience, mess, had met some of my best friends. I still connect to the day, graduated, almost 10 years ago, December, 2013, 10 years wow. since I graduated. And I remember, you know, as a young adult going into college, most of my friends, they're going out, oh, everybody's growing dreads. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, folks are getting tattoos now because they can do that. And right, they grow now. <laughs> everybody grown, everybody doing stuff. And I'm like, wow, I got, you know, I, I was, I had to keep my hair short, had to keep my face clear. Up, yeah. We wore white. I mean, it was, it was off the chain. Wow. <laughs> and so I think one of the message that I, especially now, um, one of our, uh, our president, our current president for men in nursing. So just to clarify, men in nursing is like for all that's, you know, and then we have the affinity group for black men in nursing. But um, one of the pre the president who's coming on this this term is a black male. Okay. And he has dreads. Okay. He's from South Side of Chicago. Come on, brother. And one of the things <laughs> I, all, I constantly told him was like, man be yourself do not cut your dreads just because that's what you know the scene mm -hmm. would if you fit, cut it when you want to cut it right don't right. allow other people to paint the picture i think um i'm from new orleans and so all of my brothers they have strong new orleans accents Accent. cajun accents and I'm, i get it a lot more when i go home and i'm mm -hmm. around them but then for me it was like going into the environment and felt like i had to acclimate and change and and so, yeah, so authenticity, I think, is important. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm like, I have to laugh, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm silly or I'm just going to be like, you know, bursting, <laughs> you know, or, you know, and I think I think I think people feel safe when they can be themselves. It's yeah. when you when you're putting your guard up that there's that unsafety, insecurity. Mm -hmm. It's not a good working environment. Folks may not things may not get communicated. Right. Um, so any space that I go into. I try whether that's school, um, the practicing field, when I'm hanging out, mm -hmm. I try to be my hundred percent self because I mean, 
That's the only thing that I really know how to be. Otherwise, I'd be pretending. Right. And it's too much work. It's too much work. It's too hard. <laughs> it's hard. You'd be exhausted by the time right. you get done just right. from talking. You're like, who am I again? <laughs> right. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Be 100% me. Yes. That's all I can be. And we, we need to, I think, like spaces like the profession of nursing has been like a cookie cutter space and i think that's why folks haven't really felt like they can be themselves Mm -hmm. and i think it's cool that we're at the space where you know you can have tattoos and you can have your hair colored and you could have piercings as a nurse because that's how show you know that's how you show up right and there's going to be somebody who's going to identify with you right right they will identify with you that is so true when you go out in the world people this is what people have people have locks people have tattoos people I mean, yeah. it's just, we got to get out of this old school way of right. thinking and just right. adapt. We have to be adaptable, have to. you know, or else we, we suffer, right. which is why we're suffering now because we don't have a lot of black men in right. nursing. We right. don't have a lot of black phys- physicians. And it's because of, not primarily because of that, but that's a huge reason. It's, it's People a, it's don't a, see themselves. There's a lot of opportunity that can be gained from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I love that. I love that. All right. uh, Moving on. Have you ever experienced protocols? Well, we actually just touched on this. Have you ever experienced protocols that were not culturally inclusive? Uh, Let's see. I know now there's a lot of work and a lot of organizations, especially after George Floyd, you know, we're trying to make spaces, you know, culturally mm-hmm. appropriate and acceptable for everyone. I think I, I really feel like Rush University and uh, the medical center has done a good job with, you know, redefining policies and procedures. Honestly, those those things need to be reviewed and changed regularly, like, regularly, mm-hmm. like all the time, because, mm-hmm. you know, the environment changes and the people who live in those environments changes. and. We learned something else about a clinical illness that we mm-hmm. didn't know about, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's that's super important. I think, but what the the big part that I'm super excited, um, and I got this opportunity as a student when I in the in the university, was being pulled into committees like to change certain policies or w- even within the syllabus, the introduction. If there's anything in the syllabus that you know you may see that could be you know, not aligned culturally, please let us know because mm. we want, like we're, we're invested in that's changing awesome. and making it. So I, I think that's, that, that makes me feel good at Rush that, you know, there's the intent to change some of the long, you know, history of healthcare that mm-hmm. we have. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's uh, promising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's one thing you change about healthcare that you think would make black men more comfortable with receiving care in clinical settings? Yeah. For me, I, and that goes back to like representation. So I think increasing more black men mm-hmm. into nursing would do just that. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's no secret that like historically we have a lot of mistrust in healthcare. You know, we yes. think about the Tuskegee syphilis trials yes. where. I think it was like 400 men, they were tested. I mean, they were studied. They mm-hmm. had syphilis. They were given placebo pills when penicillin cured it. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, but they mm-hmm. didn't tell them that. And so we've been subject to test trials like that. And then then you, and you go into all of the 
societal things that we've experienced just in general, it makes it hard. And as a kid, I remember growing up in here and like, oh, I ain't going to no hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yes. not, you know, yes. I, your, your head has to be dang near hanging off right before you go to the hospital. And so I think that's the opportunity we have in our community to when we get that first sign, we need to we need to go. And I think that um, having providers who represent the community we serve and that doesn't even have to just be black. If you have many Asian folks, you want to make sure you have Asian providers who are able to translate Mm -hmm. or who are able to understand their lived experience so that they can provide better care. Um, So I think the provider piece, increasing representation, letting folks see themselves and then we can get past the trust piece. We can get down to like what we need to do. Right. Because I've been everybody's cousins, brothers, nephews. Mm-hmm. Nep- I've been in rooms, people calling folks, oh my God, you would not believe this. My <laughs> nurse is a black man. <laughs> you know, talk, call it, talk. You know, and I'm wow. like, hey, you know, <laughs> all, all FaceTime waving at people. I don't know. That I'm is like, too yeah. funny. And that's, it's cool because it always feels like family. Yeah. You know, when we, yeah. When I'm like, so we're not, let's, all right, so now we got to talk about your health. Right. Now that we right, done with right, all this right, plan. Right. Because I'm now down that we to play established that yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Let's talk about why right, you're really here. Right. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I actually I've had a lot of similar experiences. Um, and one particular experience, I got report and the nurse handing off the patient to me said he was angry and mm. non compliant and all this and that. So I'm thinking I'm about to walk into this room and get my head chewed off. And the patient, who was a black man, he said, you know, they just not listening to me. That was it. And when I tell you, that was one of the most pleasant shifts I've had. He did not give me any pushback on anything. I explained everything to him and it was, it was fine. It was fine. So, you know, just having that comfort of, okay, here's somebody who understands me. Here's somebody who is going to listen to me, who's right. going to see me for who I am, who's going to explain things on a level that I need them explained. I mean, that just makes all the difference. Yep. All the difference. Definitely. So, yeah, that's, um, ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. What is one thing you think could increase the number of black men going into nursing? Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like that is getting in front of you, honestly. Mm. Um, I, was, I was an op-ed fellow um, and when I released this article early this year in, uh, during Black History Month, and we had to talk about like our legacy, mm. right? And so... It, it, that in that space, it made me for the first time really think about like, wow, what do I want to leave behind, right? Mm. Like what, and they had us think like 100 years from now, 50 years from now, 30, 20, like, and then what do you have to do? And I think the biggest thing is the youth are our future. And so right. not to give up on our, you know, the folks who are here now, but, you know, we, we talking about sustainability and also improving health, especially in black communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're getting into elementary schools, middle schools, high schools to let folks know early on that you could be a successful person in nursing, mm-hmm. I honestly think that that could change the whole, the whole 
infrastructure of yes. folks wanting to get into careers. Because what I find that many folks start school, they may have a second career, mm -hmm. they want to get into nursing. Mm -hmm. Or they may have been in the army and then they come back, they were involved in medical stuff, I want to get into nursing. Mm -hmm. um, so it always seems late. It never feels that like it's an acceptable thing. And then right. I think growing up, you hear about like, oh, doctor, lawyer, you know, all of those positions where nursing isn't heavily talked about. Mm -hmm. But um, I think just sharing that one generational wealth could be gained, mm -hmm. you know, getting folks with degrees, decent salaries mm -hmm. where they can have a sustainable life. They will also expose their families mm -hmm. to nursing. Like mm -hmm. it's like a ripple effect. So right. I think the I think that's the piece where I'm thinking like the the legacy piece and increasing representation and getting in front of youth is going to be extremely important as mm -hmm. we go into the future. That's that's real. That's good. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what you're doing. Even yeah. with, we keep coming back to men and nursing, yeah, but it's yeah. just such a, it's such an amazing thing, um, which is why I keep bringing it up. But yeah. you getting people like these people are maybe fresh out of high school, going into college or going into nursing school. Um, I remember being in college and changing my major a couple of times, yeah. you know? So when you say youth, we talking about not just the kids, but even like at that 18 year right. old right. level, we're expected at 18 to decide what we want to do for the, the rest, rest of, of our, our lives. Man, how so much pressure. Yeah. yeah. Like I was so immature at 18. Right. Like how can I make that decision? But if I see people right. that look like me in this specific area, then maybe, you know, I can better decide what I want to do. So right. so a good question to ask like community members, like what are, what are your kids seeing people doing? Mm. Like, you know, that part. Because uh, these and the kids are smarter now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, God, yeah. Isn't she two years old? You know, why she might have worked the phone better than everything, me. Everything, right? <laughs> so I think I think that's why it's super important that we are like really getting kids exposed because they yes. know more than we think they know. Yes. Like yes. they know stuff. That is so true. And so, um, yeah, I think that's that's extremely important to me. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, coming up on our final question, maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what is the first step for someone ready to take better care of their health? Ooh. That's good, right? That's good. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, because I, I feel like there's a lot of things that's kind of jumping into my mind. But I think the first, well, I'm going to say first step would just do a scan of your situation. I think mm. health, for a lot of people, they just think like, oh, I have diabetes. Mm -hmm. But health is everything to me. It's everything. Yeah. It's, the, it's your environment that you live in, the workplace that mm. you have, the relationships that you have. Um, all of that impacts everything. Your yeah. mental health, <laughs> like yeah. all of that. So am I working in the right space? Is it a good environment? How's mm -hmm. the culture? Does it feel toxic? Does mm. it, you know, because that could lead to me having mental health. Yeah. <laughs> um, relationships you build. I think um, I've talked a lot to individuals I'm mentoring because I had this own, the same experience. People that you grew up with, some, some of them, they won't. They won't stay on the ride with you as you continue. Mm -hmm. So, you mm -hmm. know, if you want to do certain things, you may want to surround yourself with people who are doing it or maybe people who are like 
positive in your perspective to make help you achieve that? Because I think we we have this habit of like trying to hold on to individuals who who kind of make make us feel weird about doing what we're doing yeah. or kind yeah. of like why oh you have to go why are you going back and do that why mm -hmm. are you going back and get your master's mm -hmm. you know I've, mm -hmm. I've had some of that so you know your environment that I think that impacts your health um well relationships and then just in general like health wise I think just not being in denial like yeah. I think we have a we do a good job yes with being in denial yes. I'm not seeing clear but maybe it could be the weather change mm -hmm. it's like no you need to go get checked right because right. <laughs> something could really be going on yes. and i yes. think what we see a lot of uh black patients come in and they it's like at the last minute too and late almost we think about finances it's going to be extremely expensive mm -hmm. to fix the problem now when you may have even had this the you know kind of had an inkling of this years right. ago so right that's so that's I think it's I think the first uh, I guess the really answer the question just you gotta you have to be realistic mm -hmm. <laughs> and not be in denial mm -hmm. about some things and that's super important that's good man that is that is so good that brings me to um our resource um so the resource we created is just a, a something called a basic metabolic panel it is a group of blood tests used to determine how your organs are functioning. Healthcare providers use it as a routine test to help diagnose, screen for, and monitor certain health conditions. Um, so the resource is a table and it lists these common blood tests. You'll see the name of the test, you'll see the uh, normal range, and then you'll see what abnormalities indicate. So this is just a general um, test that your doctor would usually get for you if you go in for like your yearly physical or something like that. And that can be found on our website at alivefaithnetwork.org slash resources. Thank you again, Dr. Yeah, Franklin. Course, this has course. been um, such a wonderful conversation. I hate to end it. I feel like I have so much more yeah, I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we'll have Dr. Franklin back so stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us on Thrive Alive.